0: Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry.
1: Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the universe, the great mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Kathleen Curry. She is an accomplished executive and entrepreneur with a broad range of experience on the leading edge of technology adoption and organizational change, where people, process, and technology intersect for success. She's served as a CEO of two venture capital-backed healthcare technology services companies and of a social entrepreneurship technology services nonprofit. Currently, Kathleen is the president of Fusion Advisors, LLC, which focuses on organizational change and the adoption of new technologies. She's on the faculty group for the Graduate Leadership Program at Georgia Tech for the Biomed Engineering PhD students. Kathleen has served on the board of several companies and contributed to the startup of new organizations. She has a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics from Purdue University and a Masters of Divinity in Spiritual Peacemaking from the beloved community in Ashland, Oregon. Kathleen's work in the world of business reflects her artistry in the world, creating new technologies which are new canvases on which people work and live and includes teaching, writing, speaking, and more. Kathleen says, Before coming out as an artist with so many canvases, I was a closet artist in the privacy of my home with journaling, art, and creating beauty at home and on the table with food. Welcome, Kathleen.
0: Thank you. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Well, you're just one of my magical people in my life, and I'm so excited to have you here today. And I love this idea of, you know, I'm always encouraging people that everybody's creative and everybody has that artist within them. So I love that we're able to talk to you from how you've come from a very business background and incorporated this artistry into your work. And even more now as you're doing more writing your book and, and the artwork that you're doing. So um, can you just talk a little bit about how art has integrated itself into the business world for you?
0: Well, I would say that I became a closet artist when I was actually in grade school. I have I grew up with three brothers. One is a musician and one is in religious studies and one is a an artist who uses canvas and is a sculptor. And you know, and I wasn't really encouraged as a young girl in terms of my artwork. And so, you know, I just kept went looking for other things that I could create on. And I recognized that I was just a natural born creator. And I am really curious about things. And I always like the leading edge. I, I like doing things that haven't been done before. And that's really the definition of the art artist. And even when I was in college and working with mathematics and technologies and things like that, you know, I really realized that technology and business was a place where we spend most of our time and it's really a wonderful camp uh, canvas for us to really create and create our lives. And that's what actually led me into the book, which is, you know, what is my life and what life am I creating and how do I share this with other people and then realize, oh my gosh, you know, I really I really am an artist with multiple canvases.
1: So with this new book that you're that you're in the process of writing, I know we were just chatting a little bit about the differences in direction that you've kind of taken from where you started to where you are now. Can you, um, can you describe how that detour has been important to kind of shift the focus of your book?
0: Yes, it's and it, it goes along with the idea that always in our life because the book is, the working title is called Awakening Awareness and so the idea is that we say yes to life and then we have no idea really what we're saying yes to and that creative process is really one of going down the path that is with us today and seeing what that next step is and then seeing if it suits so you know i started with a book i have a have you know, written lots of business plans and proposals and my you know business writing skills are great and i wrote my outline and you know put it all together and wrote the first five chapters and went ooh gosh and i shared the first writing with some friends and they said I had. I want to keep turning the page, so keep writing. So that was really wonderful. But they said, we don't really know what direction you're going in. And it just showed up. And so I had to have a kind of a long conversation with myself. I was really proud of my work and my writing, and I thought it was looking so great. And then I had to like, go into that dark place and say, yep, it's time to redo it, do it again. So I started with the vision of my passion with my heart, which is where I, I really think all creativity, I feel all the creativity happens. And then my mind took over. So my mind goes, okay, well, you know, we're going to do this and this and this, and we're going to have an outline. And then what I realized was that as I was delving into then all the concepts that I could like like write a business article about, that I've missed out on my heart. So the aha was the book is really a combination of the person that I am. And I believe that we all are, which is this powerful creation of our mind and our heart together. And it's time for the book to really reflect that. And now I'm get, getting to play. It's, you know, my, my canvas is a, is still a piece of paper and a computer, but I have all of these different words. And, you know, every single word that I write, I feel like I have all these other words that stand beneath it. And it's just part of that wonderful creative place in which we live
1: well and you and i met each other probably almost 10 years ago now and met at a drumming workshop we did which was you know fun a fun way to get to meet somebody mm-hmm. so um so you've always it, since i've known you this artistic side of you has been really bursting forth more and more and more and how did you start to embrace that in your in your life because you were so structured
0: around business well, I, I really believe that I embraced it, um, with food because I love to cook. And, um, you know, one day, a lot of times it's hard to see your life for, for yourself. It's kind of like we don't see the air we breathe and the fish don't see the water that they swim in. And, you know, one, one day I looked around my home and said, Oh my gosh, it's really beautiful. And I, and I know that I love, Beauty. I love beauty in life. I love it outside. I love it inside, and every place I looked, I was creating beauty. Whether it was the jewelry that I wore, or the outfits, or my home, or the artwork that was hanging on my walls, um, or what the table looked like, um, or loving my da- daughter. And so that was that was really the the essence of it. And then I wanted to you know like really. Share it, and I think I wanted to reflect that beauty to other people so that they could really see the beauty that they are and the divine and really that divine within
1: so when you're getting ready to get into a creative space, uh, do you have any process or any kind of thing that you do to kind of to connect with that divine flow or that zone of creativity?
0: Yes, and no, so what <laughs> Welcome to the muse in my head. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, for many, many, I have actually been writing every day for like 13 years. And so I got really good at creating a space with me and my journal and my pencils where I would write and I would draw pictures and, you know, just sort of all these, you know, flowy things. And for so long, that was really my creative space. And that's, you know, when you read the books on creating and writing, that's what people say is sit down and just write whatever comes and let it flow. And I did that. And then when I started saying, well, I want to write a book, what happened is, is that a book has a structure to it. So it's not just the creative muse that's in my head, but it's also learning how to bring all those pieces together to really be able to share it. So one of the things I did over a year ago is I enrolled in an art class. I hadn't had art actually since I was in grade school. And I started learning how to use pencils and how to draw. So I was learning the technicalities of the drawing and how to use the medium. But then I was also kind of feeling what does this really look like and how do I bring it together? So so there are other Sometimes my creative process looks really mindful. That you know that I, I get to really figure out what words really go on a piece of paper, and a lot of times I find that the, my most creative times are when I'm in the shower. So if I'm struggling with something, and I've spent way too long at the computer, even if I've just been writing away, you know, I'll sit down at the computer and put twelve pages, you know, on the screen, and then come back to it and go, well, what is this that I really have? And so then I go for a walk, I take a shower, you know, I do other things, I fix dinner, all those kinds of things, and it begins to open the space. So it's, it's kind of like a fun it's the creative process for me is all the ideas kind of go into the funnel and then there's this sort sorting process. There's this filtering process. There's this applying process. And as I've learned with my uh, physical artwork with the paints and all that, that that's part of the creative process is applying that technicality to it. And then once I get there, then it opens it up again and then it's back in the creative ethers. So it really is a um a playground for my mind and my heart and the creativity. We often think it comes from one place. It comes from the heart, but it actually also comes from, um, the, the mind and our physical body. Just, you know, when I was a kid, I learned how to play piano. So I had to learn how to play the scales and I still had to learn how to get soft notes, and big notes out of one key on the piano. And so I had to learn what that touch is. And that touch had to go through my physical body. And so I had to learn how to be able to do that. So it's that kind of, you know, total integration which is beautiful because that's who we are. We are these wonderful physical beings and everything we do gets to run through our physical body, but we're also these non-physical beings and we get to work and play in the ethers as well. And that combination is where the divinity is. And that's what we bring through in our artwork.
1: Well, and you and I have had many, many conversations over the years about divinity and spirituality Mm -hmm. and the way that we each approach that. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what your your journey of actually getting your masters in divinity and going through that beloved community program
0: Yes, it was really my place where I I grew up in the Catholic faith, but I grew up at a time when um when the face in the Catholic faith was really really structured and part of my family was not Catholic and you know sort of a defining moment for me I was in first grade at St. Mary's School in Richmond, Indiana. And, you know, then the nun said in their full habit, you know, if you're not Catholic, you know, you'll never see God when you die. And I raised my hand, it shot up in the air. And I said, you know, my aunt, and my uncle, and my grandmother are not Catholic, and I know that God loves them. And she sent me to the corner. So it was a lesson in terms of learning kind of when to speak and how to fit into the schools and the structures. But that notion of a unconditional love of the divine, of loving all the creatures is part of who I am. And so as I got older, I started studying other faiths. And what I found was the same common thread runs through all the faiths. And what I thought was faith is like a bread. If you go, and as I traveled internationally, as you go to every single country, their breads are based upon the grains that they have and the technology that they use to process the grains and bake the bread. Sometimes it's flat. Sometimes it's round. Sometimes it's corn. Sometimes it's rice. And so my, so the, the beloved community came in just through a friend one day and it talked about finding that place and finding your relationship with the divine. Cause I was tired of interve- going through faith and intervening with priests and men and people or nuns and people who were telling me their philosophy. And I, and I said, I, I really believe I have a relationship with the divine because I am a spirit in a b- body suit. So the divinity degree actually allowed me time and space to pursue that. And so I could look at the face. I could develop my relationship with the world. I could develop my relationship with the oneness that's it, that is. And I could basically turn on my own light inside, which is the where I believe the divine is.
1: So how has your art affected your spiritual evolution or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art and your approach
0: to art? It's made it one. It's made me see the combination of all of it as being one. One of the ideas that I've been writing about and sort of wrestling with is in the genre of spirituality. We talk about face, we go to church and it, and even, you know, that, the spiritual part of this is like the left hand and then the physical aspect and the business aspect and family and the physical is another end and there's a lot of writers who you know talk about the mind and ego and overcoming it and you know the Buddhists talk about feeding your demons and different things like that and my notion of divinity is that my divinity is because I'm both at once and that the idea is is that I am, my, I, I operate because I have a left hand and a right hand, and with without both, I'm, I'm separate, and so and that separation allows me. So in terms of my own divinity, that that part of spirituality it is is me. It's the I amness. In all the faith traditions, there is some place in all those traditions that have the concept of I am. They call it different things, and that's that place of of uh, the divine is far as, you know in terms of my heart
1: well and as you were describing that it made me think of one of your blog posts from last year where you were talking about someone saying to you well it's just business right and uh, describe a little bit about that.
0: Oh my gosh. I had, I had somebody there, you know, we had, um, the Buddhists would call it a critical eruption where, you know, everything like, it's, I don't know know, maybe even what's going on in Colorado right now, but you know, where, where the fire sort of burns away anything that's, that's needed. And so, you know, we had some crisis going on and, you know, one of our clients called and said, um, you know, was basically threatening, you know, all kinds of things. And, you know, I was the person in charge. And so she called me and, just wanted to let me know. And, and she said, you know, I I like you. And she said, but it's just business. It's not personal. And my response was, and it was a little bit, um, I have a lot of energy, so it's probably too much energy coming through the phone <laughs> at the time, but I had a lot of passion with it. So, you know, basically what I said, it's all personal. You know, I I bring my life here and the work that we do and all the wonderful work that we've done for you is because it comes through us. And the team that we have, it is personal. We have people who are working 24 hours a day trying to f- figure this out and to make sure that we're getting it done. And we have you know, all these clients that need the same attention at the same amount of time. And that's what we're doing. And it is personal because, because it's our life. And it was just that recognition of how easy in the physical realm we can separate things and we say that we're separate, but it's not really, you know, it's really that, that power. So, you know, I was meeting this young man for coffee today and I said, you know, my cup of coffee tastes the way it is because it was personally made and poured by this beautiful woman behind the counter. So this cup of coffee is personal to me and it's personal to her. And, you know, again, that's divinity.
1: Well, and you were mentioning earlier about um, as you're writing now that all the words are so important because they have such energy behind Mm -hmm. them. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the energy behind things and how that can move things forward uh, in a positive way or a negative way or how that affects the way things move.
0: Well, you know, there is this um, wonderful, I just included it in my first six pages of my book that I've now rewritten multiple times, but um, there is this wonderful message from the Tao Ta- Te Ching that the wheel moves because it has a center and that, you know, we make the jar, but it's the emptiness inside that holds what we need to hold. And we build the house, but it's the empty space within the house in which we live. And so the, the en- energy is that non-physical part of us that Really is the life force. It's literally the breath that moves through our body. When our breath is here, um, that life force and that energy moves through us. When the breath is no longer there, um, you know, our body is done and we cross over into the full spirit side. So, so to me, it's always about lining up the en- en- energy first. And one of my best examples is, and particularly when I'm in a classroom down at Georgia Tech, is, you know, I'll say to the students, you know, how does it feel if I go, well, thanks, and they look at me and their eyes get real big. And then I say, well, how does it feel when I come up to you and say, thank you? So the notion of the difference, the words are the same, but the physical energy behind those words are really what conveys the the meaning that we have. And, you know, there's been a lot of wonderful things written now, like the book called The Tipping Point. Um, You know, there's uh, the Abraham Hicks and what they're doing, Thich Nhat Hanh, all the books that he's written, the Dalai Lama, you know, sort of across and Thich Nhat Hanh has this wonderful quote, it says, right action comes from right understanding. And that understanding is energetic. So it's all about lining myself up first with what it is and what's really important, you know, for me. And you know, I and I get to bring that into my life. So when my daughter got married And one of the things I said to her is I had to get really clear because there's all these ideas about what you plan and how much money you spend. And, you know, her dad has ideas and his wife and I have ideas and my daughter and her future in-laws, everybody had ideas. And, you know, so what I did for myself every day is I said, you know, what is the energy for her in this part of her life. And I knew that what I wanted for her is for this to be the doorway and the gateway into the next part of her life. And so irrespective of what was going on, if I, you know, would get frustrated or, you know, want to kind of go off in different directions or think that I had the best idea and everybody should, because I had the right answer, I just got to take a deep breath and, you know, line up with the energy of my love for her. And it was wonderful.
1: So I know you do have uh, done a significant amount of teaching, and I know that you still do some teaching with Georgia Tech on their um, with their grad students. How do you incorporate some of these ideas into the classroom for these very traditional students?
0: Well, it's actually. Pretty simple in the sense that what I learned a long time ago is that although the students are very mindful and their brains work very well, that they're really sort of defined spirits and they have their own energy. So I always start by seeing the wisdom that they carry and what they're here to do and, you know, and how they're here and that they're here to live their life the way that they came to live it. So, so, um, you know, the template for all of this, I built when I taught a leadership class down at tech and I called it, um, leadership or creating impact from the outside in and the inside out. And one of the things our minds like to do is our minds like to get comfortable, like, Hey, you know, where are we going with this? What are they going to say? What's going to happen? So, so it's always like, well, let's just tell the mind what we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish. So that's the right hand. And then we start talking about concepts and how to bring awareness in and give the students different tools to be able to think about it and ask them a lot of questions and give them the invitation to dive in. And what I find with the the student, that generation and the children and the young adults are really my inspiration because given a very short invitation to dive in, they dive in because they know that they know that place. And it's really very, very sort of simple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So just giving them the the permission
0: to dive in. in. Yes. And and then it's not only giving them the permission, but what I've learned is, is that my, my input, my output is just their input so no matter how much i believe in what i'm saying and how i've lived it and how real it is for me it is not it is just an invitation and that because they are these divine spirited humans they get to say yes or no so i get to release the judgment that they have t- have to accept the invitation or not accept it. So there is this place of surrender and being able to let go and, you know, inviting them to pick it up and then being okay with whatever decision they make. Cause that's how we get ourselves sort of wrapped up in a ball, which is you know, we give the idea and then we want everybody to follow our idea. Which is not what we 're here to do, we 're here to follow our own idea
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in a number of leadership positions mm-hmm. within organizations, and sometimes the the head person in several different times. so how does that translate of you know letting people kind of evolve with their own ideas when you're when you're in a leadership position for a business organization
0: well that's one of the reasons why i've sort of jumped into. You know my my book and thinking about this, because if all I were doing were teaching or giving a talk or you know, being in a church or a temple or someplace, you know, I could easily say to someone, "Here's what I have to offer. Accept it or not." What happens in business is we create these organizations to have a certain result. So businesses really live in time-space reality. So although as an individual I live in an eternal space, but businesses also live in time-space reality, and that's part of the fun of it. You know, the games have to get played. The horse races get run to see who's going to win. So, so that's a major sort of conundrum. And I think we have best practices and processes and things like that. And, you know, all kinds of people or HR consultants and things to help bring out the best in people. And I think that that's really kind of the sweet spot because, you know, when my, the, you know, everything works in opposite. So I'm really an inspire. But my opposite is being able to run and get things done. And I'm a great runner and I get things really done and I can, you know, put dinner on the table on time and I can deliver results. And so that's that constant um, conversation that we have with ourselves about how to really be able to do that. And, you know, when you have to downsize a company, which I've had to do, because I I sort of go in and a lot of companies I've restarted and said, you know, what do we have? What do we need? And there's always a place and time where, you know, people need to move on and the company needs to move on. And so the question is, how do you do that with compassion? And, you know, be able to see individuals in their own, in their own place, in the company, in their own place. And, you you know, just have to sort of live in, the gray
1: and getting comfortable living in the gray is kind of tricky sometimes
0: well, it, it is, and it's like, um, the, one of the analogies that I have, it's like getting on a surfboard. A friend of mine said it's like a roller coaster. I go, no, it's not like a roller coaster because you can see the tracks and you know where you're going. So, you know, life is life is like the wave. You know, you take your surfboard, you take everything that you know how to do, and then you have to, then you get up on it and you see what attends you. And my conclusion is, is that the sweet spot of life and the myths that we're all here to live is our Adventure and the adventure always happens in the present moment. So there's no right or wrong answer. It's just really you know being able to do that and and having the ability to maintain that.
1: So Kathleen, how can our listeners find out more about you and get in touch with you if they wanted to connect?
0: Well, I have a blog which you you mentioned. It's www dot kathleencurry k u r r e dot com. And, um you know, where I sort of, you know, just sort of play with my writing and little stories and things and, and open myself because as a writer, you and an artist, you get to be vulnerable, actually, as a CEO, you get to be vulnerable um, through the um, help of C4 Atlanta, which is a nonprofit that, that works with artists on their business things. They had a boot camp about how to build websites. So although I've been in technology all my life, I did not have a website. So I have a very, very simple website at www.fusionadvisors.com and there's a welcome page. Um, since, since I'm a writer, I spent all my time figuring out what to say on the welcome page and having the perfect picture and then a the contact information. So I'm very accessible, very easy to reach. And uh, those are the two best ways to do it. So come come join me as we play.
1: Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And it's always such a great time when I get to spend some time with my friends and hear kind of a different perspective on Things we've had lots of conversations about. So thank you for, for coming today. And um thank, thank you. you. Thank you to our listeners. And just tell our listeners one more time how they can get in touch with you.
0: Okay. There's a blog called www.kathleen k a t-h L E E N Curry, K-U-R-R-E, t- um, all one word.com And the other one is uh the Fusion Advisors. So Fusion Advisors is plural.com
1: Excellent. Excellent. Thank so, you. So thank you. And um, thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. Please come share your stories of art as worship on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash art as worship or suggest an artist that we should interview. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste.